Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I am pleased to introduce my special guest and friend, Nishti. Nishti arrived in the happiest country in the world, Denmark, in 1985 as a baby refugee. She was one of the lucky ones. Today, she is an award-winning registered dietitian with the Health and Care Professional Council in the United Kingdom and the National Board of Health in Denmark and Faroe Islands. Nishi has over 10 years of experience working in the area of children's health and nutrition. This includes the National Health Service in the UK, the fitness industry, and the private sector. She has also volunteered abroad in children's hospitals and participated in improving health in children with severe malfunction, malnutrition in the developing world. Nishti is the founder of Nishti's Choice, whose mission is to empower parents to change the way they feed their children's physical and emotional well-being. So I am thrilled to have you here with me today, Nishti, to talk about consciousness in relationship to food. So if you could share what it means in your work, in your profession, to bring conscious awareness to food and nutrition with your clients, what does that look like? Thank you, Sue, for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here and to share this message of consciousness when it comes to food and nutrition. Uh, it's not something that we are taught to do as registered dietitians, but it's something, it's a journey I embarked on a few years ago. And uh, the whole journey of conscious parenting has really changed my life, but also changed the way I am able to, to help people. Because food without consciousness is simply us just following a trend that we are not aware of. We are eating because we just are supposed to eat, but we don't know why. We eat meals and we eat at times that probably doesn't suit our body, but we've been taught to eat particular ways at particular times. So we're basically just following the crowd. So food and nutrition without consciousness, I, I don't believe that could lead to excellent health. Whereas when we become conscious of how we eat, when we eat, and our own relationship to food, that's when we can really escalate our health. I think you hit on so many important points. So it's what we're told we should. This word is just so powerful. We should do. Whether it's society telling us this is what should happen, you eat it. 8 a.m. and noon and 6 p.m. and have a snack before you go to bed, so to speak. Or whether it's family, conditioning through family. So the should is a very powerful word, and I'm sure that you hear it often in your work. Yes? Oh, I hear it all the time. Oh, isn't my child supposed to have breakfast? And isn't my child supposed to have protein with every meal? And and it is because we have been 
taught that this is what we should be as parents or as adults. We, you know, in all countries, there are specific guidelines to how we should eat and when we should eat. Um, and here in the UK, it's all about cereal. Uh, everyone has cereal for breakfast. And most people I see eat when they're not even hungry. And that's when I go, okay, stop for a moment. Because when, when parents come to me with their children who don't want to eat breakfast, that's, in the parents' point of view, a worry. Whereas for me, it's just okay. It's just okay. Well, that's your child is not hungry. So what do you want me to do? You know, <laughs> and right. I try and teach the parent that, you know, then we take, that's when consciousness comes in and we say, okay, so why do you have this belief? Well, this is what I was taught. And I'm, we, I'm scared that they won't have enough energy. And again, we are always fearful of um, the, 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 the worse. And we live in this lack mentality as if, if we don't, eat every two hours that we're going to have no energy and collapse. And that's just a false ideal. Um, yeah. So I, I really try and always help parents to see where they're coming from, Sue. And, and, and this is, you know, an everyday, an everyday thing. And, and I used to not be aware of this myself. So I would try and come up with some strategies, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm reward chart and uh, you know praise them and um, and and I see how crazy that was because it's not well, honoring it, the child is it it's not honoring your right. own feelings and your own hunger and and I think you you hit so many key points here and one of the reasons that I think we are conditioned or we we one of the ways we are conditioned to eat is from an emotional level so for example we eat because we're angry. We eat because we're sad. We eat because we're happy. We eat because we're bored, right? So it's not even the, the conditioning of the mealtime. Oh, it's yeah. the life and everything. Oh, I'm sad. I should, you know, go eat yeah. a piece of cake or a donut <laughs> or, you know, a cucumber. It doesn't really matter. But there's so much wrapped into and wrapped around food that we have given food so much power. So people talk with me in the work that I do all over the world about the power of technology, right? And how technology can, you know, be such a powerful force if we give it the control. And in our conversation here now, I'm seeing that same relationship can occur with food, where we give so much power to food in our lives, when we eat, how we eat, what time we eat, and then going a step further, all of our emotions being served through food. You know, Sue, that word emotions, let's just talk deeper about that because you're right. We use food both to, to celebrate and to soothe our own feelings. And we do that as adults. I see so many adults as well with um, emotional eating and so you know they emotionally eat or binge eat if you like and that obviously also that that obviously is something they've learned from childhood why have they learned that from childhood well we all see that when a child is upset we give them an ice cream or if they've done really well we also give them something food related to celebrate so we use negative and positive feelings and we use food as the 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 trophy, if you like. Mm -hmm. And that 
basically has taught our children that your feelings are not worth looking at and just use food because that's going to help you. And that has turned uh, adults into emotional eaters. And that is an epidemic. I, I agree. And so as we're talking about the awareness and conditioning, and we've touched on the emotional eating, I, I want to share a story, just a brief story with you, because I think words and actions are so powerful as parents teaching our children, being an example for our children when it comes to our own relationship with food. And so from my childhood, I can remember, gosh, I was probably eight and I was actually out sick from school. It was a mental health day, as we called it in my household, which I kind of like. And my mother took me to the mall and we stopped at a bakery and I wanted a muffin. I saw a muffin. It spoke to me, apparently, and I wanted it. And my mother said, oh, you can't have that muffin. That muffin has too many calories. And so it took years from you know seven or eight years old for me to deconstruct that this was my mother's focus was, and, and I love my mother and she did the best she could. Then this is now, we know more now, we're much more focused on consciousness and intuition and the way we eat and the way we live. But in these days, she was passing along her view of food and her fear of, we talked about fear, her fear of Perhaps me getting fat or us getting fat or us putting in too many calories in a snack moment. So these words, though, as I'm recounting the story, it, it's so clear in my mind where we were, when it was said, what was said, and how it was said. Because yeah. words carry weight. And oh, so yeah. when we come to food as adults, in my opinion and I imagine you do this every day, it is so important that we deconstruct our own relationships before we actually involve or dissect our children's choices. Yes, and you know, Sue, I think, so looking at this example you've just shared, which is just a perfect example of what parental beliefs and, and fears around food can affect the child's relationship to food. So your mom projected her own thoughts and, you know, society conditions onto you and look how it affected you. And if you hadn't deconstructed that, you would have given it to your children and they would have given it to their, to their children. So we induce, I believe, all these rules and regulations, they actually do induce fear in us. And nothing good comes out of fear. No, to be honest, I, I feel that when we have a, 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 a relationship to food where we are counting calories and where we've put food into good and bad, it actually doesn't help you get to get healthier because what you do is you, when you eat something bad, then you're just going to put yourself down and, and, and you're just a downward spiral. So you may just give up and just eat bad altogether because what's the point? Uh, so we need to be very, very, very careful of why we do the way we do things and why we eat the way we eat, because it affects not just us, but also our children. That's where they learn it, because children are brought into this world 
as these intrinsically motivated beings. They're intrinsically motivated to cry when they're hungry, right? We talk about a baby's cry. That's their cry for food. That's their cry for changing, you know, what have you, or when they're tired. So we become aware of our baby's communication from, from birth of how they're communicating their needs. And when it comes to food, they're communicating when they're hungry and we feed them. So if they're hungry every two hours or one baby, maybe every four hours, one baby may sleep for six hours. And of course we may be panicking as a parent. Oh my gosh, she, she or he hasn't eaten in six hours. They have to eat every three hours. <laughs> they have to eat every three hours or every two yeah. hours. They're off schedule. Yeah. However, this is actually the biggest opportunity that we have to look at how our children are brought into this world as beings able to communicate their hunger needs. And they can continue on that path if we step out of their way, right? So they, they are could, our teachers, Sue. They, they are, are our teachers. teachers. They really are. And they are what we call intuitive eaters. And it's become a popular concept to eat by in today's world. So basically it, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a way to eat that doesn't involve calorie counting. So it's, it's, that's fabulous because I'm very much against calorie counting. Mm. But it's, it's essentially getting back into your own roots and listening to your own body and don't rely on anything on the outside to help you. And, you know, as children, now I, I, I'm always fascinated how children just know what they want and when they want. So I watched my nephew um, not long ago eat his dinner. And he only ate the vegetables on the plate. But for lunch, he had had his protein. So I was just fascinated because he, he's an intuitive eater. And that was the result right there at the dinner table. There was chicken, rice and vegetables. And all he wanted was the vegetables. And I thought, wow, if, and luckily enough, my, my brother, uh, my sister-in-law does not interfere. So he was left to just eat the way he wanted to eat. And that was that. And I thought, this is just a perfect example of an intuitive eater. And my goodness, don't they just teach us so much, these children? <laughs> Absolutely. And what a, what a beautiful story. So in thinking about this from a parenting standpoint, how do you help parents to break down their own conditioning that they come to this, this world of parenting with and then pass along to the next generation, their children? How do you help them to break this down, to deconstruct it, to create their own better relationship with food so that they can step back and step aside and give their child that same freedom? Well, that's now. This is what I absolutely love. So I, with clients who struggle with feeding their children, and if there's a lot of anxiety and fear around dinner table, the dinner table, we now know that it has nothing to do with the child. It's all to do with the parent. So what we start out by doing is I look at their own relationship to food. Do they have healthy eating habits? Do they have very restricted and rigid eating habits? What are their beliefs around food? Are they emotional eaters? So there is a lot of digging and a lot of questions. And people always get very surprised because, you know, you're used to taking your child to a healthcare professional and you look at the child and you try and fix the child. Whereas I go, okay, thanks for bringing your child here. And, you know, uh, but it's not about the child. 
It's about you. So that in itself, you know, lots of people are open to it, but I also meet a lot of parents who are resistant to it because not everyone's ready to to face the reality of that your own relationship to food, your relationship to food is a reflection of your own relationship to yourself. So if you're full of fear and control, you will try and control food and you will probably try and control what your child is eating because you yourself are full of fear and anxiety. So it takes courage for a parent to say, you know what, you're right. And you know what, we all have unconscious behavior. So this is not to say that, that, you know, I'm perfect because I'm definitely not. But what we need to become aware of is our, you know, why are we doing the way we're doing? Why are we full of fear and anxiety and lack? Where is this coming from? And then we need to deconstruct that. So I take parents through a process of deconstruction. And most, I will say 90% of parents who have quote unquote, a picky eater are parents who have no boundaries. They have, mm. they try and set a boundary, but it's not a boundary that comes from within. It's a no, no, no. It's not a no. You, you, do you see? It's not a boundary that comes from more of the yang, the masculine energy. It's mm. a it's a no that comes from the feminine that's that's not meant, you know, you know how we don't mean when we say no because we are worried. And I'm telling you, Sue, 90%, and actually I want to say 100% of picky eaters, it's, it's a problem with boundaries. And it's from mm. the parental, it's the, the parents' inability on, on, on to set a boundary. So we talk about setting healthy boundaries, looking after yourself. And often they don't even have boundaries when it comes to work or looking after themselves. And so if you don't have boundaries in your life, of how people treat you and how much you work and how are you ever going to set a boundary with what you put into your mouth and how are you going to set a boundary when it comes to your children? So everything comes back to us. And I think what you've, what you've just summarized is it's really about the relationship we have with us that we have with yeah. ourselves. That's where it begins. And I want to just share with our listeners today that we all struggle with so many things from conditioning. Conditioning is a powerful force in everyone's life. We all come from somewhere. And everyone who conditioned us in the past, were, they were doing the best they could with what they knew. The way society is conditioning us as well is just another form of people doing what they know. And so the more we tap into our awareness of what is happening in our lives, how we are being controlled by something such with such power that we're passing on to food is the key, the awareness of what is happening in our lives and our family. And as you said beautifully, it's not about our child. It's not about fixing our child's habits. It's about looking at our own habits and really revitalizing them, really enforcing the things that we want to see in our families with ourselves first, embodying these beliefs and these wishes for our children. And so it starts with us. It really does. The mirror is, everything starts with us. And when you realize that, um, 
you know, you take back your power, which you already have, but you've just forgotten it. You know, you've mm-hmm. given you've given food power, you've given people power, you've given alcohol power, you've given so but we need to look in the mirror and take back the control that we all have within us. That is beautiful. And I love the mission to help empower parents. Of course, you know that's something that I I am on a mission to do too. So I, yeah. I love your work and I would love to invite people to check out nishtischoice.com, her website, and see her beautiful work. You'd certainly connect with Nishti there. And are there any other parting words of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners today? Well, first of all, I want to thank you, uh, Sue, for having me on your podcast. And I absolutely love your work. And I'm so glad we connected. Uh, And to everyone listening, uh, whether you're a parent or a non-parent, you just think of how a child uh, steps into a room with the confidence and light and worthiness. That's exactly who you are. So don't forget that. And always look within whenever there is an issue. Don't think anything, don't think that anyone can fix your child because nothing needs fixing. Really, nothing needs needs fixing. That's beautiful. Well, thank you again for being on my show. It has been an honor and a pleasure. And thank you all listeners for joining us. Remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes or wherever you listen in. And be sure to visit DeCaroParentCoaching.com for a free download of 10 ways to connect with your child.